everybody, to another episode of the Blazer Victory Podcast. John Duncan here, and of course, I'm joined as always with my co-host, Darian Smith, Jimmy Marion. Guys, UAB advances in basketball to the NIT quarterfinals. It's exciting. Trip to Nashville. Hopefully a lot of Blazer fans can make that trip on Wednesday evening. But before we get to talking about basketball further, this afternoon, well, you're listening to this probably Tuesday morning, Monday afternoon, I was able to, um, after practice, I was able to talk with uh, offensive coordinator, UAB football, Alex Mortensen, dropped a 14-minute interview. Alex, thanks again for uh, talking with me for 14 minutes. I thought it was a very solid interview. So if you have missed it, go to blazervictory.com, and we got you covered. Click on that interview. Let us know what you think. Uh, Darian, Jimmy, um, you know, I just want to make sure that the audience knows that even though it's just me at the practice facility, you know, during the spring spring ball practice doing these interviews, Darian and Jimmy both do a great job helping me prep for these interviews and just giving great insight. So even though it's just me at the facility, I want our listening audience to know that it is a joint effort from the Blazer Victory podcast. So thanks again, fellas. You know, you both gave me some really good questions uh, and insight on the Mortensen interview and can't wait to do more interviews uh, throughout this spring ball practice. Hey, man, we we, we're the crew pit, you know. (laughs) (laughs) We're the crew pit, man. You get out there and make it happen. That's how that's how a team supposed to work. Well, guys, we can talk some basketball now. UAB defeats Moorhead State in the second round of the NIT. Not even beats, just straight up dominates. 77 to 59. And fell, J- Jimmy, what did we say last episode? What, what did UAB need to do to to win this ball game? I mean, dominate the paint, take it down low, score down low, grab them boards. And that that, that was a butt whooping, John. Call Ooh, it what it was. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I thought they were going to grab me from the media stand to come out there and, pra- and play for them. You know, the way I was grabbing those out-of-bounds balls. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I thought? I, I was thinking in my head, man, maybe we need to set something on Twitter called, like, something with the Jimmy, the Jimmy halftime mark or something. Because in my head, it's almost like you branded something, Jimmy. In my head, you were saying, oh, I feel good if we're up 10, 12, 13 points at halftime, and then I, we can go ahead and put them. So I was sitting there looking at it. I was like, oh, my Jimmy meter was going off and went off. Like, man, we can't break these. <laughs> we can't We can't get below this number. So we went We went up at, I believe, 12 and a half. I was like, oh, man, that was right at the Jimmy mark. That was like the first number he said. So I, so I felt good, like, for the rest of the game. Check them boxes, man. Yeah, we, we, we got to start it started. And now on social media, we're looking for our Jimmy – I don't know what we should call it. The Jimmy, the Jimmy Marks or Markers, something. It has to, something. Yeah, it has to be something to where what are we looking at by halftime? And then we can have our complete game. But our halftime is like helping us keeping up with the game and the marks that we're hitting. So I like the idea of that because that was just stuck in my head for for whatever reason. I was like, ah, oh, we got to hit these marks. <laughs> Jimmy says so. <laughs> uh-huh. That's right. Hey, and if you're not following Jimmy on Twitter, give him a follow at UAB Athletics Fan. Some great insight on Twitter. And guys, I was thinking, you know, we we did that Twitter space, you know, at halftime of the Conference USA Championship game against FAU. And I know how that game went, but I thought it was kind of fun to do that Twitter space at halftime. So that might be if if that's something that our listener base enjoyed on Twitter. If you're not following Blazer Victory on Twitter at BlazerPod, give us a follow. But, I mean, that might be something going forward, um, you know, for football season, too. Like, kind of, hey, if we're all chilling, hop on Twitter space and talk for 10 minutes. Uh, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. So, And Jimmy gave great insight during that Twitter space, too, where, you know, he was going on the check marks as well. So that might be something that we can do uh, going forward if that's something our listener base would like. Yeah. All, right, all, right, all right. We need we need our Jimmy checkpoints. There we go. We need our Jimmy checkpoints going forward he has to put it out on social media before every game <laughs> check marks that we are looking to hit by halftime and you know it's optional if he wants to do it at the end of the game but we need our halftime checkpoints i, I just 
it was stuck in my head. And then we can do the Twitter spaces. I was wondering how we would do that, but we got plenty of time to think about that for football games at halftime. If our listeners want that, pretty sure they'll um, interact with us and let us know. Hey, I like the Twitter space too. We had more people hop on than I was anticipating for that first one. It was cool to get Trey, you know, on there as well. Um, Especially considering how the game was going. I was like, nobody's going to hop on. Yes. I like any opportunity to get uh, some other, you know, people like in the fan base, other fans like involved and to hear their inside as well. So, yeah, I'm definitely down to do more of those in the future. And I don't know if I've ever shared this with you. Darian, I don't think I've shared this with you, but like I always envision like Blazer Victory five, six years from now, maybe having like a call in like show, like kind of do a live. You know how we do like our instant reaction podcast? Like, kind of have where the listeners you know called in i mean no we might have to be selective on some of these listeners <laughs> we got to pre-screen them we got to edit it them. <laughs> like a paul fonbaum thing <laughs> oh my yeah. god i can't believe i ever said this on the blazer victory um associated with paul fonbaum but uh yeah i think that would be fun but guys like, back back to the game i mean just a dominating effort inside, you know, Trey Jemison, and I'm sure we'll get into Ty Brewer too. I thought was the huge story um, coming out of that ball game. Um, But, you know, you look at points in the paint, I mean, just dominating, you know, 40 to 30 and, you know, Moorhead kind of, kind of got the, creeped it a little close uh, towards the second, the the latter half of the second half. Um, But just dominating boards, 44 to 30 in favor of UAB offensive boards, 11 to seven, allowing second chance points, UAB to get 15 as opposed to Moorhead just getting uh, four. So uh, I was talking with Jimmy at halftime and very strange to see Jelly perform the way he did. I don't know what. And, and you know, and that was something that AK said post game is like they weren't bad shots. You know, and we, Darren, you know, we, we, we've seen the, uh, Jelly take some bad sh- or mm-hmm. some crazy shots. Yeah. yeah, questionable. But I don't feel like any of those were questionable. He just. It just didn't go in. It's like that. That's how, that's that's what basketball is. Make a miss, you know. No matter I've seen, if I've seen Steph Curry have a bad shoot tonight, anybody in the world can have a bad shoot tonight. And um, props to Jelly for not letting not letting it affect his defense in the rest of his game. He didn't have a crazy amount of turnovers, or a lot of times I saw KJ Buffin do it one, uh, one time, and it drove me nuts. I saw him feel like he should have got a call. He didn't get back on defense, and it led to an open transition three. And moments like that swing games, just because we were up about like 17 at that point when KJ Buffin did it, we were down 14 and they scored again. I think we ended up calling a timeout. And I was like, that is how it start because you don't, you're not valuing um, the ball. You're not valuing each position properly, but jelly did not let it affect. We we're, we're so used to seeing him score and hitting those big time threes and those heat checks that, it may seem like it's affecting the rest of his game or whatever, but it, hey, we won the game by a lot of points. He was getting the ball to Ty Brewer. Ty Brewer was doing his thing in that mid range, just, just too big, too tall. He's the most streaky guy. If he's hot, he's hot. He is. And uh, <laughs> I just, I'm pretty sure we'll get into it with him more. But um, man, if we can get that Ty Brewer for the rest of the tournament, we win the tournament. That's how I feel anyway. Darren, who's who's the better player, peak John L. Davis or peak Ty Brewer? Who would you take? Oh, are we talk? You, you said peak John L. Yeah, peak John L. Peak John L. is like he is he is like Super Saiyan. He is like he is like LeBron in '09. You know, so I mean, I gotta go peak John L. I don't know who's better. John L. at his peak is like thirty points. Eight rebounds, seven assists, three steals, one turnover, He's two good, blocks. Man. I'm like, who is this? Where does it? Why does he just come out like this every four games? And he's just this crazy, you know, X factor. But nah, I got to go peak Janelle. But peak Ty Brewer is a uh, he's a beast because he can nobody can stop him in the mid range. He he's such an X factor. It was earlier in the year, not too many weeks ago, he had the big game. Was that against Middle Tennessee at home? I think yes, he had a big game against middle. middle. Mm-hmm. You know, when we were talking about last game, we were talking about the need to to force the ball inside and get the bigs going. And I thought it was really interesting. This is why AK is a coach and I'm just a fan. But, you know, I'm thinking, hey, we got to get, you know, take care of that uh, or take advantage of that size down low with KJ and Trey. And then, 
you know, AK focused on the mismatch with Ty Brewer at six foot seven against their guards. You know, I thought it was so smart. And, you know, we were talking early in the game and just how different of a team are we when we can come out early and get someone like a Ty Brewer involved to set the stage. That was huge to look up and see us up double digits for the majority of the first half and feel comfortable against a good basketball team. They may not have the talent, the elite talent, you know, of some other teams, but don't forget, they just went on the road to a one seed in IT and they pulled off a win. So uh, we're just a completely different basketball team and we can get someone else like a Ty Brewer or we can get some of those specialty points off the bench from his brother, L.A., or just to get someone like K.J. involved like we saw in the game prior and not have to feed everything through Jelly. We love to see when I call it when Jelly happens and he just goes off, but we're just a completely different team when we can uh, you know, have somebody else light it up like Ty did. And, you know, that's something that, you know, AK said in his post-game presser that they're going to need Ty again. And um, I found it very interesting that Steve Irvine brought up uh, that he asked uh, Ty Brewer um, about his performance when he played at Southeast Louisiana. And he had a heck of a performance at Vanderbilt in the Memorial Gymnasium. Like, I mean, (laughs) you know, we're playing there Wednesday. So, hey. He's comfortable there, so can he keep it going? I think we're going to really need KJ to step it up. I mean, kind of had a down game. He had eight points, um, but, I mean, it was just Ty's night. I mean, it was Ty It was Ty Brewer and the Trey Jemison show, both of those guys. I mean, UAB really didn't need to do a whole lot, you know. Jimmy, we were talking at half, like, you know, I believe you had brought up, like, if you had told us that Jelly would only have, what, he had two points at half? Two he points at a layup. Yeah. Yeah, and UAB would be up by 12 points. Crazy. Like, there's there's no way that happens. But different guys stepped up, and that's, you know, what this team needed. And, you know, it, it just wasn't the Jelly Show, but that's okay. It was the Ty Brewer and Trey Jemison Show. So, you know, one thing I wanted to uh, – did you guys see how much space Moorhead State was given Tony Tony? On the yeah, I was, I was, I was going to transition right into that. You go, yeah. go, you go Darian. Yeah, I was going to trade that. I just wanted one more point on Ty Brewer. Ty Brewer, I think the thing about him that's so special, a lot of times I've been watching a lot of college basketball, as everybody else has, and been watching their brackets get ripped apart. I don't know who has an okay bracket at this point. But um, a lot, the difference between the NBA and college is you have those special select few that get drafted into the NBA. And it's so, it's so many less spots. Like you can't, you, you have to be special to play in the NBA. That's why you can see all those guys, they can get their own buckets most of the time. I mean, because you got a Kawhi Leonard, then the next night you got LeBron James. And then the next night you got Steph Curry. Then the next night, it's like the next night, the next night, it's always somebody super special. But in college, you don't have that. It's just like guys, and and you kind of look and you see the difference. You have to manufacture points. I was wondering, like, why is the NBA game so different than the college game? It's like all these handoffs and back screens and post-ups and these little hook shots in the, in the college game. And a lot of guys in the college game, can't they can't get their own shots. They can't make tough shots. Man, that's one unique quality that Ty has. He can... He can kind of give you a shoulder, kind of dribble in the lane, and he can hit that uh, that fadeaway tough two-pointer. And actually, it's an okay shot because that's his shot. He's 6'7". He gets good elevation on his shot. And his, and his shot is pretty pure, especially from that mid-range. I kind of always think it's going in when he releases it. A lot of guys in, the, in, in, um, in college basketball can't do that. He's a release valve. He's a emergency like oh we can generate offense um throw it to him one-on-one let him go to work in the mid-range so if we can get that version of Ty I don't know if it's a confidence thing um I don't know if it was Jimmy and John I know y'all talked about Javian and he said at one point you know he talked about his confidence was that was that you Jimmy when you mentioned when you mentioned his confidence and was that you John I don't know if it was me. It might have been Brad. <laughs> I don't remember. Oh, we were Brad. talking as a group. Yeah, it could have been Brad. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, it was Brad. He was talking about his confidence and how, and we forget that these guys are humans. You know that they 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 aren't a skill set. They are human beings first with a skill set. So mentally, look at look at what's happening with Ben Simmons in the NBA right now. 
He has the yips, and I don't know what happened to him. Gladly, he already signed the max contract because his value on his next contract, he, I don't, does it get picked up at this point? He can't make a shot. He will not shoot a three-pointer. This dude was an all-star. But that lets you know that the game is so much more mental. And I actually think that applies to Ty Brewer, Ty Brewer because he is, you can't be that good. And then sometimes you just fade away for two points, one for seven. All of a sudden, you know, it's just weird. And um, so hopefully he has this confidence going forward because we like, hey, shoot the ball. We believe in you. Like, do your thing. Mm-hmm. Just like Tony Tony, like that transition right there. Just yes. Like, <laughs> yes, yes. Just like Tony Tony. And since you uh since you had started on it, I just I had wanted to make that point and I was gonna transition there. But uh, you know, John, what did you think about Tony Tony and how he clutched three of them up towards the end? Man, Tony, like, you know, we we've talked about him a lot this season with his defensive, you know, scrappiness and but I mean Tony, like Tony Tony came to play. Uh, the other night in Bartow like I I'm so glad to see him kind of develop as the season has gone on because I know hey they're going to need him next year with some of these guys uh leaving but I I did find it interesting that UAB only got to the free throw line eight times against Moorhead I mean granted they didn't need it but you know I I know they're going to need to get to the free throw line at Vandy more than eight times to have a chance uh to beat the Commodores but um real quick one other thing wanted to bring up too, other than the free throw, um, was look at the assist. Sixteen assists to just six total turnovers. Like there is a there's one point in the ball game getting close to halftime that you would be only had like was it one turnover? It was only a, at least a couple. Like UAB played well offensively. It wasn't just, you know, you go back to the FAU game and what are we seeing? Jelly, chunk it up, Eric, chuck it up. And that was it. Mm-hmm. Like they found a way to get Ty involved. They found Tony. Tony, like we just mentioned, he, he, give him the chance, give him the opportunities to get the ball, got, ball in the hoop. KJ Buffin, like Trey Jemison. I mean, isn't Trey Jemison so much fun to watch? Other than the hook shot, like when you see, <laughs> when you see, when you see Trey cooking in the paint, that big fella, like it's just, it's just special. Like I'm, I'm gonna miss him on the on the hardwood, um, but that's that's pretty much it. Though I just UAB did what they were supposed to do against Moorhead. I mean, this was a sub 200 Kempom team. Um, that granted, hey, they found a way to win at Clemson, down 15. They found a way to claw back and win. That was something that Andy Kennedy said to the guys. Kept reminding them during the game. It's like, hey, you know, this we may be up double digits, but this is the same team just the other night that clawed their way back and beat a really good Clemson team on their home court. Um, but overall solid performance. Um, guys, hey, anything else to add? They're a well-coached basketball team. And I think yes. uh, it's possible that we see that coaching staff in the American next year with his name getting thrown around a little bit. If I heard right, I think that's three straight 20-win seasons for Moorhead State. I may have misheard that. But, I mean, they're, they've got some history of that program. I was just impressed with his post game too. He seems very confident. And you can tell – that team was well coached. So again, we, we mentioned Brad earlier during the game. I was talking to Brad and he pointed out, you know, they weren't really shook by our one, three, one, you know, they handled it very well. Um, you know, they did a good job. We're, I'm joking around about the butt whooping, but they did put a little bit of scare in me late in the game. Like, can I, can I make this tweet about a butt whooping? It's like an 11 point game here late. Um, but I just thought that they were well coached. And I definitely think that we might be seeing that coach again, potentially in the AAC next year. We'll see. Yeah, and I, I thought, well, for us, well, first of all, that was a good point. I didn't think about us potentially seeing that staff in the AAC. So, no, um, listeners, that's something that we all should look out for to see what happens with him. Also, I thought the two to the the two things were a mark of a good team for us were John, as John mentioned already, the turnovers that we played a clean brand of basketball. And that's something that's been inconsistent with us throughout the year. So for us to be so crisp and sharp on that end was really, really encouraging. And also, the uh, we we played a, a brand of offense that 
we could understand visually. Like, <laughs> it wasn't the WTF. Like, what are we doing? It was even on the misses. The process was good. That's all I worry about. The ball, you in, in basketball, you can't control if the the ball is going to go in or out half the time. But is the what does the process look like? Like those Tony Tony threes, those are the threes. If if they aren't going to play you Tony Tony, you are a basketball player. Shoot that, drill that, show them what they. You know, show them. Come on now, don't play with you like that. That's that's basketball, and that's all. That's still in the flow of the offense. You know, all of Trey Jimison's shots. Um, he was getting them deep in the post, mismatching, and ones. Like, all of our shots were very good in the flow. I, I like uh, how Eric played, how he was getting downhill. He was finding little pop passes. So those are mark, marks of a good team. And um, I think we showed that we are definitely a good team. And real quick, on Eric, seven assists in this game. No, one one turnover. And one lone turnover. Mm-hmm. That's when you know Eric is in his bag. Then he hit a three as well. Mm-hmm. When yeah. He, yeah, when he's – and he got a steal for a breakaway dunk. When he's doing all of this stuff, that's when Eric is at his peak efficiency as a player. Hey, and we didn't talk about Taven. He didn't play a lot in the second half, but how cool was that to get Ooh, one more Taven love and slam in Barco <laughs> Arena? That was really, really cool to see. I know they posted a little – short clip of it but it was just awesome to see that one last time for the career leader in games played for uab right so uh congrats to him i loved it i, I love seeing loving you know and kind of hang on that rim a little bit and he smiled as he's saying i'm like oh man i'm gonna miss this dude too <laughs> that's all that's like uh, that's another mark to know if we're having a good game is Taven loving smiling yes like yes. honestly if his body language is good the team seems to be so picked up probably because of his senior seniority in that locker room. You know, he has a lot of clout. So if you're a leader and smiling and having fun, a lot of times the team will follow. Shout out to Mr. Levin. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, all right. Well, UAB again beats down the Moorhead State Eagles 77 to 59. If you guys want any more insight on that game, I did drop a post-game article on BlazerVictory.com, so go read that if you haven't. Again, BlazerVictory.com. But now UAB advances to the quarterfinals of the NIT to play at Vanderbilt Wednesday night at 6 o'clock. This game will be televised nationally on ESPN2. Guys, I feel like it's been a minute since we've been on ESPN or ESPN2 for basketball. It's been a minute. (laughs) Mm -hmm. The last time I can remember, I feel like it was the – COVID season was it that far back when we played Charlotte? It was like a Friday night, and I think we were on ESPN two or ESPN U. I can't recall. It was ESPN U. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. I remember that. Um, because yeah, because because even the West Virginia game this year was on ESPN plus. So yeah, yeah. that was when AK did the sideline uh interview uh, like live during the game. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I remember that was a really good game. Now that that, that see. For folks that are just now joining the UAB bandwagon, so that COVID season was really strange um, because, you know, they played the same team back-to-back days in the same arena. So UAB whooped up on them in the first game on a national television, and then the next day they got – or was that the game they got beat pretty bad? It was one – like, they they killed Charlotte the first game, and then the second game, Charlotte just kind of <laughs> took them to the woodshed. Yeah, wood I think we so split. Weird. Yeah, yeah, I thought there was some joke about AK, like, as soon as he was getting interviewed. I don't know if it was they went, we went in a run or they went in a run, but I just remember AK just making, like, one of his just, like, hilarious remarks. <laughs> oh, man. I wish we could have AK mocked up for oh entire games. It'd be, and not, it'd be real. And not, and not Barstool related. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, guys, big opportunity. Hey, NIT quarterfinals. Can UAB go three and zero against the SEC this year? You know, already beat Georgia, already beat South Carolina. AK and teams got a third opportunity here. Place is going to be, I think it's going to be packed. You know, we were talking before we started recording. It looked like, I mean, they might get fourteen thousand in there for a weeknight game. So UAB fans, I mean, if you're thinking about making the trip, I would suggest you go to Vanderbilt's website right now and pick up a ticket if you can. Um, should be a great environment, but just studying, you know, looking at the film for Vanderbilt, um, they, they are going to be missing their best player, uh, Liam Robbins, their forward. 
he's been out for a couple weeks now. Um, had a season-ending, uh, I think it was a leg injury. Um, y'all correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, but I mean, they still got they've, they've got good guard play. Like really, the only film that I kind of watched the whole game on was the this past game in the second round of uh, Vanderbilt um, playing against Michigan. And man, Tyron Lawrence, like that dude. I mean, he's he's six four, two hundred. He's a junior from Georgia, but that guy can play. And he had a clutch uh, layup to win the game for Vanderbilt. Um, he had twenty four points in that ball game. I mean that that guy's a stud. And UAB's backcourt, they're gonna have to play good defense um, this Wednesday night to be able to get out of Memorial with a with a dub. Yeah, um, I was able to watch that game live that um that Michigan like game and I was able to catch the Yale game and was able to do like some stat stats sheet watching or whatever and seeing how important Liam Roberts was to that team, that is a major loss that can't be understated. He was their leading scorer. He was a good floor spacer as well. He could shoot the three the guy averaged three blocks a game. He was a defensive menace. He he got seven rebounds a game. He's a seven footer. A seven-footer that can block shots, rebound, and shoot the three is an NBA player, guys. That's going to have a good career. No doubt. So it's, it's very impressive the traits he has. It's a, a unicorn-like traits. Um, so that's 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 just huge. That can't be undersold. And like you said, the guy that, that tops out on film, you can see his stats is Tyron Lawrence, um, number zero. He can he can get in there. He can create his own shot. He has the most skill out of everybody. It's, it, what I mean by he has the most skill is like he has the most complete all around game. You can it's it's kind of hard to try to force him into one thing. You know the other guy that kind of popped up was number five. He came in and um was able to make his um his present known was Ezra Manjon, I think his name is right. So he's been getting a lot of more playing time, I think, due to injuries or whatever. But he's been shining. He's like a six foot point guard, but he he has a weakness. Um, he has made some shots. I wouldn't I wouldn't Tony Tony him at all. Like I would soft close out to him. I would make him shoot the ball, make him shoot the basketball. But he can penetrate, and he can find guys. He's a good passer, and he's a good finisher for his size. You think, oh, he's a small guy. No, he's a guy that can really um, finish through contact. And so it's the three guards, um, them two and Tyron Lawrence, the other guard. Um, he's another guy. He He's a decent. If it's two guys that I'm going to close out, well, it's three guys. But Tyron Lawrence, he's another guy. He can get hot. He can hit shots. Um, he has good size. He's 6'6". Six, six. So he's like a pro-size shooting guard you know he's not a small 6'6 neither and he's not he can he got some size on him so he's able to shoot over people his game doesn't rely on quickness or anything like that too much he can he has some power to it and just can rise and shoot over you so <clears throat> the other guys um you got Quentin Melora Brown who is filling in he's a good physical center he's been doing a good job filling in for Liam Robbins um, I like him as a player. Um, I think him and Trey would be a good matchup. I think Trey is, in my opinion, a little bit better than him. But uh, but I like him though. I wouldn't sleep on him at all. He he can he can get in there, and get physical. He can block some shots. He can dunk the ball. Big guy, about six ten. So I'm 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 anxious to see what happens there. And the other guy um, that they usually have in there. If I'm not mis- uh, not mistaken, it was a freshman, Colin Smith, about six eight four, but he is in there to shoot the ball. That is what he's there for. He's a stretch for. You know, he'll get inside, mix it up, whatever, just because he naturally has size, but that ain't really his game. He's going to shoot the ball. The other guys are going to drive. He's going to shoot. Just don't. Just if he has the ball, I would hard close out to him on the three-point line because that's where he's going to get it. Make him drive and make him make a play on the court. On the, that's it. I think I think their team. They have a good team, but I think they're beatable because they're scoutable, and you can see 
definite weaknesses and definite strengths, you know. So I think we have a lot to work with. Um, they pretty solid on defense. I mean, they wouldn't need anything to where it was, like, special. Honestly, and I'm not saying this to throw shots. Like, I don't think – well, I like Tyron Lawrence. But I was like, uh, you know, like, I, I, I think FAU is a better team. I think North Texas is a better team, you know. I think Middle Tennessee on certain days can can get them, you know. I mean, it's a team that lost to Southern Miss. I'm not saying that this is a bad team. I'm not even saying that this is a game that we should win. The bias in me is going to say that we should win it because I think we're a more complete team. I think the parts fit better. You know, I think I think we're less scoutable. I think we have more counters to offer, put it that way. I think they have to play a certain way. And if I think they have a plan A, I don't think it's many plan Bs, unless somebody just randomly John L. Davis us, you know. <laughs> but um, I think they have to play a certain way. I think Tyron Lawrence and I think Ezra Manjong, Manjong and I think, um, what's the other guard name? I forgot the other guard name. Jordan, was it Jordan, Jordan Wright? Wright? Yeah, Jordan Wright. I think those guys have to score. They have to score 15 and up, you know, all three of them at least, you know. I I think if you take one of them out, you got a shot. If you take two of them out, we should win. If you if you make two of them inefficient, these those are the guys, you know, where we can have Eric Gaines, Jelly Walker, L.A. Brewer, Trey Jimson, K.J. Buffin. We have all these guys, J.B. and Davis. They all can do something offensively. They don't they don't have that luxury of that. They have those three guys because of the injury to Liam Robbins. They had Liam Robbins. This would be. I'll be kind of like, ooh, <laughs> yeah. all right, guys. But they don't, unfortunately. So um, I actually like our chances here. It's interesting in this matchup because we actually have some common opponents to look at. You know, this is a non-conference foe, but they, as Darian has mentioned, played Southern Miss. They lost to Southern Miss. That was an early November game. Funny stuff happens early in the year, but, you know, still – Southern Miss was able to go into what I would presume to be a hostile environment and come out of there with a road win, which is impressive. And Vanderbilt's also played Moorhead State. Funny enough, they put an extra butt whooping on Moorhead State. And that was uh, – they, they did pretty good. It was 76 to 43, so they handled Moorhead State. And is that surprising if they had Liam Robbins, you know, down low, you know, going against him? That would be tough. They played South Carolina twice. It took them to overtime once against South Carolina at home, and then they won at South Carolina by 11, so relatively close matchups. And then they defeated Georgia at Georgia by three, another common opponent. So at least we've got some sample size here of some common opponents. Um, you know, John's already mentioned the the environment. I think out of everything, that's what concerns me the most, is thinking about us going into an environment that we're not – accustomed to conference USA throughout the years, whether it's an old dominion or a Western Kentucky has put five, 6,000 in there. But to compare that to what I would assume is going to be at least 11 or 12,000, you know, that's a totally different feel. Lucky for us, you know, there will be blazer fans in attendance. So there will be, you know, some juice uh, for us, which will be a little uncommon than your regular, just non-conference game where you might have like 50, you know, home fans that make the trip. So that should help. Uh, but really that, that truly for me is like the most uh, difficult thing for me to overcome just because we don't get placed in that position very often. So we just don't have that experience, but speaking right, of but, experience, but to that? that point, but to that point real quick, KJ come, he come from Ole Miss. Mm -hmm. Javian came from Mississippi state and Alabama. Um, yeah. Eric with LSU and Eric, Eric came from LSU. Like we got mm -hmm. guys that that played in that conference and they are yeah. and they're used to it. Yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah, they've got some experience and we've got that man on the sidelines, AK, who's been in that building before. He ain't AK looks at these games and he's excited about it. He's not. He doesn't fear it one bit, and that carries a lot of energy to that locker room. So you know, I, I hope that they can overcome that piece and you know, uh, that'll be a big key to the game. Speaking of keys to the game, um, you know, for me, 
going back to the whole hostile environment, it's going to be key for us to get off to a good start. Let's not go in there and have Vanderbilt hit three threes. It's nine zero. It's timeout. We're going to the huddle. We've got to, you know, reconvene. You know, we've got to get off to a, a good start. Uh, this year, when Vandy is leading at halftime, they're seventeen and three. Uh, versus three and ten when they trail at halftime, so that's going to be a key for us to have a halftime lead. The way we can jump on the Twitter space and be, hey, we're leading and they're three and ten when they're trailing at halftime, so we got this under control. Um, also, for me, there at the end of the game, I didn't watch the Michigan game, but from what I understand, they had a huge comeback there in the last minute, and I can only assume that they were pressing full court. Is that what they were doing? So, yeah. Um, for those of you in the podcast, I'm getting some head shakes. Yes. Um, so, <laughs> uh, so for me, you know, looking at other keys of the game is how we're going to handle that press if we see it. You know, I don't know if they were doing some of the press early. I wouldn't think so because they're not super deep right now. But, you know, if we are ahead or if it's close and we're getting pressed late, we've talked about in a couple podcasts earlier about getting the ball in off the baseline you know, getting the ball across half court in those, you know, situations. I know we have the guard play to do it, but sometimes we just kind of, you know, make a few mistakes here and there. So we got to be super weary of that. Um, again, I didn't watch the Michigan game. My assumption would be that, you know, he's going to have, he being Jerry Stackhouse, a lot of ISO plays with his guards. Y'all reference, you know, how good their guards are. So we're going to have to guard one-on-one. You know, that's going to be key. You have to get in our stance and make sure they're not getting biased. And, uh, you know, and beating us off the dribble, that's going to be key. And, uh, you know, Darian did a good job earlier on touching base on some of their key contributors. And what's funny is I think it's pretty easy to say, here's their primary contributor and here's their secondary contributor that can also be their primary contributor. Here's their two guys. But who is their third guy? I think that we would struggle to say who is their third guy. And part of that is because you have referenced the injury to their big man. And what we haven't referenced yet is they also had a guy hit the portal here at Ford that's 6'8", uh, 215, 220, whatever he is. I think his last name's Stute. So that means that in their first seven or eight guy rotation, they've they've had one loss to injury and another one lost to the transfer portal, both 6'8 or taller. So for me, I think it actually is critical that we don't let a third guy go off. So they're at home, and you know, to me, at home, you got obviously you're gonna have some of the home cooking. You have that extra confidence coming in the game. We can't have that third guy come off the bench or that third starter that might be averaging eight points get 18 on us. You know what I'm saying? If the first two guys want to have a good game and get 15 plus, I think we can withstand that because we do have so many more options. But it's going to be critical, in my opinion, that we don't have that third guy go off on us, whoever that is. So, um, yeah. Outside of that. You know, the only other note I had was they've been a lot of close ball games. So I forgot who we were talking about earlier in a different podcast, John, about their luck rating. Do you recall who we were talking about that was lucky? Who were yeah, talking about? Yeah, more, more more and Southern heads, Miss. The last two teams. Southern, <laughs> okay, so the last two games. So this is another game in which uh, Vandy is 16. And when you look at the luck rating, so they've played in a lot of close games, and those games have been favorable. They've won 12 out of their last 14 games. So, again, those are things I'm thinking about is how do we handle the environment, and that bleeds into how do we start the game. Can we hang in tight? Can we get a halftime lead that completely changes the script? Don't let a third guy go off. And then rebound, rebound, rebound. They don't have the size that they did earlier in the season. What an awesome opportunity. We're going on the road. It's a two-point spread. We're going to have some Blazer fans in the building, national audience, trip to Vegas, on the line. This is something that, you know, they talked about the sting of, of losing that championship game. This is, like, just such an awesome opportunity. I know the guys on this team and for the fans that go will remember for a long, long time. So hopefully we can get, get the job done. John, uh, we're going to need something like – Jimmy, 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 chick, chick points or something <laughs> like we're gonna need something before that's all I could think about beforehand. Like Jimmy Chick. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um it, just real quick on that, you know, Jimmy, you talking about the luck factor. I mean, it was a miracle that Vanderbilt was able to pull that game out. Um you but it, but they were full court pressing at the end, got a couple of lucky turnovers that went Vanderbilt's way and just a couple of lay ins and Boom, there they are. 
um, advancing to the quarterfinals. Um, but I did want to note uh, Michigan's big center. Seven, uh, he's seven foot one, but Dickinson, he ate that whole game like inside against Vanderbilt. I think he ended up with yeah twenty one points, but he went nine of sixteen from the field. If we can have just a sim, I mean we can't trade, you know, but if we can have a sort of similar performance from Trey Jemison or JV and Davis, and I mean, we talked about SEC, you know, I mean, JV and Davis came from Mississippi State and Alabama, so he's got SEC experience. I forgot to yeah. say Trey, Trey Jemison came from Clemson. I, I, That's yeah, right. There yeah. you go. Yeah. yeah. So we've, we've got guys. So, I mean, if they can work it down low and get good looks and take advantage of those opportunities, then yeah. I do think, you know, UAB can pull out this win. And as Jimmy just mentioned, there's a super tight spread at two points. Um, but it does scare me, you know, going on the road where Vanderbilt is 14 and five in that gym. Um, and they've had a couple lucky, lucky games. And, you know, I think they beat Auburn in there. Um, darn near almost beat Alabama. Um, and we see what just happened the other day with Michigan. So it is going to be intimidating, but the key in my opinion, that Jimmy just mentioned, you know, it's going to be the first few minutes because if UAB can jump out on them early, get some confidence going early on, then I like our chances. But if UAB starts missing a lot of shots and Vandy, uh, you know, Lawrence gets hot, hits a couple threes, we look away and it's, what, 12 to 2 or something like that, and we see heads down like we did in that Conference USA Championship game, then I have to leave early and head back down to Birmingham. But... Um, but I mean, I, I like it, you know, Darren, like Darren just said, you know, this team is battle tested. Um, so I, I look forward and AK is going to treat this, you know, as a great opportunity. So I'm sure the guys will see this as a great opportunity. And like Jimmy just mentioned, Hey, trip to Vegas on the line. So let's go in here and see what the guys can do. You know, what else is on the line? What's, what's right there in front of us, a potential rematch with our guy, UNT, Tyler Perry. <laughs> it's still there. They won. Hey, listen, and, they, and they've been handling business. They beat the hell out of Sam Houston 16 State. 16 threes. 16 future, threes. Future mm. Conference USA, Sam Houston State. Mm. <laughs> I think they're going to lose their coach, too. Coaching carousel. Uh, but, yeah, I, I like just going back to the game. I also like to look at heights and how we match up. UAB for a mid for a mid major, we are like we are the size that we have is not mid majorish. Like we have a very competent, especially with with Ty Brewer in the starting lineup. So you got Ezra Manjon. I say his name like he's French. Manjon, I guess. I guess that's how he said. But um, he's on, like I said, he's only six foot. Bam! There you go, Jelly. There's your match matchup. Their guard, Tyron Lawrence. Um, he's six four. Um, it depends on who who we're going to have starting at the two guard. Have lately we've been having Taven. Has he been starting at that two guard? Yeah. He's the same size as Ty- Tyron Lawrence. Mm-hmm. He has about the same um amount of athletic ability. Even though I love Tyron Lawrence's skill with the rock. Um, you have uh, then you have Jordan Wright, who's the six six guard. Ty Brewer, bam, there you go. They match up really, really well. They have the freshman Ford, who's a, only a three-point shooter, but KJ Buffin can eat him, eat him, like eat that on the boards all day. And their center, of course, match up with Trey Jemison. And I feel like Trey Jemison and Javian Davis really is just one center combined. We can kind of take their stats and put it together, honestly, because they play, they both play a good amount. They both bring a different skill set. So really, you can just see which one is gonna, which which one is like really cooking, and then just stay with that center. But uh, man, I the more I look at it, I just I just like it. And like Jimmy said, and we talked about it. We talked about Tyron Lawrence, Jordan Wright, and Ezra Manjone. Take one out, you got a good chance. Take two of those three, which I think Tyron Lawrence is gonna be the consistent one. If you can take Jordan Wright and Ezra out, and both of those guys, you can like game plan for. I see clear weaknesses. You take them out, I don't see how they win the game. I don't see where the other scoring come from. If you just stay, all you got to do is, like I said, the freshman just stay with him on the three-point line. He doesn't really offer much else. And the big, he's going to, I mean, you know, he's a big that's playing in the game. He's 6'10". He can jump. He can dunk. He can block shots. I mean, he's going to do some things, but I'd be surprised if he scored more than 10. 
you know, because that's just not his game. That's just not what he does. And after that, they're not a very deep team. They lost their best player to injury. They lost their – he was a starter at one point, the other guy. They lost him to the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, you take a nine-deep rotation and you make it seven. And when you get down to games like this, that, that means a lot. When you That's like us losing a Ladarius Brewer and us losing the Brewer brothers, and all of a sudden we don't have the depth that we have. Just like that. So I think we have more depth, and I think we have, if not more talent, equal talent. You know, yeah, so. this, this ain't to take nothing away from Vanderbilt's last win, but I don't know if we referenced already the fact that Michigan was without two of their top players, two guys mm. that could be potentially first round draft picks. And, you know, that that's a big deal. So that's not to say that Vanderbilt would have lost the game, but, you know, that's just a part of the game. And that certainly led to the outcome. Something else cool. Did y'all hear uh, again? I didn't watch the game, but I heard there was a lot of uh, Michigan fans in attendance. Did y'all see them? Yeah, they, they had they a good said, size crowd. Yeah. yeah, I heard someone say there was upwards of close to 1,500 Michigan fans that showed up. Oh, yeah, that's wild. So Man. I don't, I don't think we're gonna have that many fans there, but, <laughs> but uh, hope, hopefully, uh, to John's point earlier, Blazer fans can show out. Ooh, Definitely. One, well. one, one more quick note I wanted to mention. If UAB can get this dub and get the 28 wins, that will be a single season record of wins in a season. You know, UAB just got to 27 beating Moorhead State, and that matched last season's 27 uh, win record. So even more motivation. Hey, AK, 100, he's coached 100 games now at UAB too, so – and who who would we have next if we were to win? The winner out of yes, and I have that Utah bracket. Utah Valley in Cincinnati, I believe. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. UVU. Hey, I'm looking at this, bro. We we got a shot. Hey, what kind of matchup would that be? AK, who coached it? Cincy. Oh yes. Right? And we got our guy coming. In. Let's talk about recruiting for a second. We got a guy KJ Satterfield coming in, whose dad. I believe played at Cincinnati. Am I just making that up? Uh, who played in the NBA? So th- there are some there are some ties there, uh, you know, with with Cincinnati. Or I looked up uh, Utah. Is it Utah Valley? <laughs> it's Utah yeah, Valley. I know okay, nothing Utah, about them. Utah, Utah Valley. So I saw they had like 27 wins. I was like looking at their roster. I'm like they're out from the West Coast, so like they got to have some like players. And they had some starter from like Vegas, and I was like, of course they do. So like if at least hey. At least if we got to the semifinals, they'd have some people there in the stands. But, yeah, either matchup, Utah Valley, they I think they had 27 wins, something like that. And then Cincinnati with some of the background with, with AK um, and the fact that they're in the American now, those would be two really cool matchups. And those are for sure – those would be on ESPN2 as well. So another national audience. And how cool would that be just for these six seniors to be able to go on, like, one last road trip to Vegas? It kind of has that feeling of, like, a bowl game where it's like one last trip there at the end mm-hmm. of the year. So that would be super cool for them. As and, long as um, we don't have anything like the hangover, I'm, I'm cool with it. And does North Texas, so they'll be listening, does North Texas play today as in? Did you not get the hangover reference? Y'all didn't get the hangover reference. Oh, of course I got it. Oh, okay. Man, y'all quiet. Like, y'all quiet. <laughs> you know I'm going to get that. Y'all talk about Dragon Ball Z, hey, you know. Yeah, man. Hey. <laughs> over Project X, all of that. Okay, yeah. Listen, I'm, I'm, the, I feel like I'm the most well-rounded guy. We can have another debate. You know what? We're gonna have a bonus pod just about the, about this. I feel like I'm the most well-rounded one. <laughs> like what? Y'all name something what y'all don't think I don't know about because y'all haven't done it yet. Y'all haven't done it yet, bro. A couple episodes ago, I asked you about that Metallica song. You said you didn't know that. But I know I'm no Metallica though. I know Metallica. <laughs> Good point, yeah. <laughs> I know Metallica. Like Jimmy didn't know. Jimmy thought Don Tolliver was a real estate agent. Yeah, I, had, I had no idea. I'm like, I'm not. Hey, I'm not trying to sell my house right now. I don't care. <laughs> real quick though, Darian, I was gonna say I think that was his best album. Love yeah, that. see, I told you. I you you got that thing on repeat, huh? Oh, that, like 25 times. <laughs> <laughs> After the podcast, when y'all were talking about Don Tolliver, the first person I asked was my wife, Natalie, and she said, who? 
And so I didn't feel as bad. <laughs> she thought it was the Chick-fil-A branch manager or something, you know? So, <laughs> like, we're, we're going to have to find something like that. What What are you guys like? Do you guys know any about soccer? I know some about soccer. No, I, I, watch real, I, watch, I watch real football, yeah. See, look at there. Like, y'all like true... True Americans, like, <laughs> what is that? You know, but um, yeah, man, we'll get it to it. We have to do a, a bonus part just to feel like I'm the most well-rounded guy on this panel here. We're going to have to. I, I think John offered a lot with his, um, you know, you, you, you collect records. Yes. Now, now that's a lane I don't know nothing about. So, but I I actually find that interesting. So it feels like it's a vibe. If you get a drink, you sit out there, you let it let something play. Uh, what 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 you got over there? This year, I know we all off topic, but whatever we here now. What do what you like to let play and let, you know drink and just take an edge off? I love everything, like you know heavy metal or you know I've got some country, some blues, jazz. Like I've got it all. Yeah. Oh yeah, I see you, Darren, rocking out, man. But see, but. With records, like, I just love, you know, you actually hold something physical in your hand. Like, I feel like that is lost in today's world. You know, everything's on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever, you know. You know, it, it, you're just, I don't know. I could go on a long tangent on that, trust me. Um, I feel like in your past life, you was like a DJ, like, ficky, 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 ficky. <laughs> I feel like you were. Uh, a little uh, Manny Fresh? Uh, a, little, a little Manny Fresh? Yeah, man, you was a little, <laughs> you know, I think you, I think you came up in the 80s and 90s when rap was just in, in your past life you probably was just a pure record vinyl spinning kind of guy but i can also see you like you know guitar into some willie nelson you know what i'm saying i can see you being that type of guy too man but uh you got you got some flavor in your john you got some flavor <laughs> yeah who doesn't go from willie nelson to flavor flay I mean, <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, we're 52 minutes. Darren, go ahead and send us out, bud. Blazer Nation, let's ride.